The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts, Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode. I think we're on episode 125 now, so we're making progress. Wow, crazy, right guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, where did the time go? One, 125 episodes? In yeah. So before we get into basketball, I just got to call out Chris for one thing. Chris, wait patiently. If I decide to trade Kyle Pitts, I will let you know. Okay. Okay? You have been harassing me nonstop. And then when I'm trying to give you another quality tight end in a trade, you turn it down. So I don't want to hear it about nothing else. George Kittle and Kareem Hunt for Nick Chubb. No one on planet Earth is taking that deal. (laughs) Well, guess what? You can give me some really bad trades for Kyle Pitts, too. Kyle Pitts is the third tight end on your roster. He's like your fourth best flex. You're never going to play him. Okay, and I'm giving you an option to get George Kittle, which is a quote-unquote better tight end. Okay, trade me George Kittle, but I just need a second tight end. I'll take George Kittle. Okay, and I want Nick Chubb. I need to upgrade my running back position, and Nick Chubb does that. Uh, he upgrades everyone's running back position. Exactly, and so does George Kittle upgrades everybody's tight end position. Not mine. Hawkinson's better. All right. Uh, this is okay. a fantasy football pod. But... Okay, anyway. No, but so enough about that. <laughs> Hold up. Now, speaking of football, so I've been going back and forth with Keith Pompey on Facebook. Oh yeah, Keith. Keith's a, Keith's a Giants fan, isn't he's he? He's a big Giants fan, so he posted something about the Eagles talking smack. I mean, we lost mm-hmm. a you know, really tough game today against the San Francisco 49ers. So he put something out there, and I said, "Oh, I said, what about uh the choke the choke job by by you?" Hey, team? yeah, that's right. Hey, my team won. That's right. I never that's saw right. that. I never saw someone drop such a wide open pass. I don't know the receiver's name for the Giants, but then he came back and said, "Well, what about the receiver who stepped out of bounds today?" And I was like, "Ah, eh. I just said I can't debate because you guys have more rings than the Eagles do." So we kept moving. 
Oh gosh, you're you're making some fans mad on this podcast, Uriah. Gosh, no, it's true. I, I got to call it what it is. The Giants have I mean, rings, and Keith he yeah. he takes shots at all NFC East teams. I'll give him that. That I mean, yeah. Trust me, I get it because he does it to my team. I had to call him out. I was like, "Why are you being a hater, Keith? Don't hate. Appreciate." <laughs> anyway, but we are here to talk about Sixers basketball, and after a couple weeks of just having contribute contrib- uh, site experts and contributors from other fan sided NBA sites. We decided to take a break from that for the moment and focus on top 100 rankings. And Chris recently came out with his own top 100 rankings. So we're going to talk about that. Chris, you want to go ahead and introduce that a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what what much there is to introduce. I ranked my top 100 players in the NBA. I know Lucas and Uriah don't really agree with many of my decisions that were made. And... I guess we're just going to go down the list here. Uriah, do you want to kind of mediate that? Yeah, absolutely. So so let's start with the Sixers players because, you know, this is a Sixers podcast. So as of right now, Chris's article emphasized three players that made the top 100 out of all NBA players. Chris ranked Tobias Harris at number 55, Ben Simmons at 32, and Joel Embiid at number nine. Lucas, what's your feeling on those rankings? Let's start with Harris. Harris was a near all-star, one of the most efficient scorers, only a few percentage points away from being a part of the 50-40-90 club. And Chris, you don't you have the audacity to keep him out of the top 50? What is going on there? Because we could pull up the list here, and I'm, I'm sure Uriah has it right here. But I'm pretty sure the people ahead of Tobias, there's maybe one person that I would say, okay, that's justifiable. I get that. And that would be Clint Capella at number what, 50 or 51? 51. Um, 51. Okay, yeah. So you have Clint Capella at 51. You got Jonas at Valanciunas at 52. You have Jeremy Grant at 53, which means you've argued on the podcast before. Um, Karis Levert, nah, Karis Levert has too many injury issues. So, yeah, Tobias Harris should be closer to the top 50, not if not within the top 50. That's that's my beef there. Uriah, your thoughts? Yeah, I do think that Tobias deserves to be a little bit higher. He, like you said, the 50-40-90 club, he was just a few percentage points from from making that very rare category. And, yeah, Karis LeVert, he has had injuries. I mean, it obviously wasn't his fault. Uh, is he a more potent threat from the outside maybe more athletic and dynamic he's more he's play. better at creating his own shot i'll give you right. that but that's about right. it right but that's about it and and i think tobias is an underrated defender mm-hmm. uh his i think his defensive win share was believe it or not i think in the top 20 i, I was looking at those stats the other day so, uh, that, so I, I i think tobias should be higher i i think that's a bit of a slippery slope when you're playing next to ben and joel a lot like i think that probably boost his numbers in that department well but a lot he did do a good lot of his gym. matchups though chris like i mean he, he shut down brandon ingram that one game against against the uh pelicans that uh ben had a hard time against zion against so take that for what it is i, I just recall lucas tobias really holding his own in multiple situations mm-hmm. one-on-one whoever he was guarding a three or a four mm-hmm. so i just think he's an underrated defender yeah yeah, I mean, he got better last season for sure. I'm not denying that. And again, like broadly speaking, these lists are best kind of observed in tiers. Like the difference between 55 and someone in the top 50 
probably isn't that great. Like it, it's dependent obviously on team situation. There are guys in the top. Like I would take Tobias on the Lakers over Russell Westbrook. We're going to talk about who's ranked a few spots higher than Tobias. Like a lot of it's team dependent. Um, I, I, I just don't. I think I'm just lower on Tobias in general than you guys are. Um, didn't you, know, you not say that he deserved to be an All Star last year? He didn't. No, I don't think so. That was mm. me. Uh, actually, no, I I don't know. I think Chris said that if we had to choose between Tobias and Ben at some point in the beginning of the season, that we should choose Tobias well, yeah. as the second All-Star Maybe versus like 10 Ben. Or 15 games in, but... Okay, I'm just saying, Chris. I'm just using your words. New information. <laughs> what, that Also, All-Stars and quality of player aren't... Like, you can be a, a worse player than someone who didn't make the All-Star team. That happens pretty frequently. Like, like, I don't know. All-star teams are not the best barometer. Like, Tobias deserved to be in the conversation. He had a great season, the best of his career, by a pretty significant margin, in my opinion. But at the same time, he's still pretty flawed, um, both defensively and offensively. He's just not a great, like, playmaker or decision-maker. He's not great at creating his own shot. He's, he's pretty limited to, like, straight-line drives and threes, or at least that's how he's best used. So I, I just don't know if he's, like... As dynamic as some of the guys listed ahead of him. Speaking of being limited, let's go on to the next player. And what I'll do, Lucas, for you is to I'll just give you the the, the five players listed higher than Ben and five players immediately listed lower. So Ben Simmons is listed as the 32nd best player in the entire NBA by Chris. And they uh Chris has him better than Kyle Lowry at 33. Pascal Siakam, 34, C.J. McCollum, 35, John Morant, 36, and Dematis Sabonis at 37. The following players he has ranked higher than Simmons, Bam Adebayo, Shai Gilgis Alexander, Chris Middleton, Clay Thompson, Zach Levine. So do you have any issues with Ben being where he is? Hey, guys. Ever been trimming downstairs and cut yourself? Not a good feeling at all. The question is, how can you prevent pain and discomfort while grooming yourself? Well, I'm here to remind you about Manscaped with their Lawn Mower 4.0 trimmer. It features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawn Mower 4.0 also has a 4000K LED spotlight that you can turn on and off when needed for a more precise shave. And it's even waterproof so that you can trim in the shower. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and handle your trimming needs in a convenient and safe way by going to manscaped.com. Go to manscaped.com right now for 20% off, plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. That's 20% off, plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. And now, back to the podcast. Not really, no, to be honest. I mean, maybe he's better than Bam Adebayo in a vacuum. Um, maybe better than Zach Levine as an overall player. But I mean, in a vac no, I, I don't hate it. I think that's that I think that's a fair ranking. I mean, he's a top forty player, top thirty-five player. I don't know after this playoffs, I can't I can't justifiably say he's a top thirty player anymore. I, I think that's a thirty two is not a bad ranking for him. Me personally, I, I don't hate it. Yeah, before the, before the show started, Uriah asked me like, "How can you have been at thirty two still after 
if you're taking the playoffs into consideration, we were talking about other guys who maybe had good playoffs, who maybe we'll talk about later. Um, you know, how has Ben still 32? Like I had in my preseason rankings, I had Ben at 17. So this is a fall for Ben. Um, mm-hmm. I remember that. I, I have been much higher on Ben in the past than I am on him now. I still think he's, again, was arguably the best defender in the NBA last year. I, I didn't vote him for defensive player of the year, but he was in the conversation for a reason. He's one of the most versatile defenders we've seen in a while, and he's just elite, elite, elite on that side of the ball. And he's still a lot better offensively than people are going to give him credit for. Obviously, the playoffs are a problem, but, I mean, he's he can lead the league in assists in the right situation. He's still a pretty brilliant playmaker in the open floor. And, I mean... The right, the right he, situation, leading the league in assists, the right situation is him actually shooting the basketball, which... At least from the free throw line. And I go, I know the playoffs are a problem. Like, he's a huge floor raiser in the regular season, which does count for something. It's why Westbrook is still in the top 50, which we're going to talk about. Um, (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) You keep on bringing him up, Chris, and it's making me want to talk about it now. But I know. Just just wait. Just wait. I'm going to get to you. Yeah, look, Ben's really good. He's, He's a brilliant player still. Maybe a bit more flawed than we thought. But I don't know. He's he's thirty two for me. I think that's a pretty fair spot. All right. Well, let's move ahead to Joel Embiid, who Chris has in the top ten at number nine. And Chris <laughs> has a certain certain criteria when it comes to nine through like one through nine. I'll let him speak on that. But I'll just say the top twelve players, and then Lucas, you just chime in from there. So okay. number, at number twelve, Chris has Paul George. Number 11, Anthony Davis. Dame Lillard, number 10. Joel steps in at number 9. And then from there, we have Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden. Hey, Uri, stop there, buddy, because we don't want to spoil the top five for the people later on. Let's let's make them wait a little bit. All right, so what do you think, Lucas? Um, I don't think Anthony Davis has played like a top 10 player recently. Not this past season. Injuries... And Chris, you know, he kind of talked, he, he'll he talk about his splitting hairs here in a minute, but that that is part of it. Damian Lillard, top 10, totally fine with it. I don't know if I'd have him at 10, but that's okay. Joel Embiid, number nine. I mean, he's in the top 10. I didn't think he'd be in the top five, but, you know, I thought he'd be a little bit higher. Luka Doncic, I get it. Generational talent, not a two-way player, though, and hasn't gone past the first round. Kawhi Leonard, if we're splitting hairs about Joel Embiid's health, Chris then we have to split hairs about Kawhi Leonard's health because during the regular season, he takes more he, he takes more games off than Joel, and he's not even really injured. He He's doing it for maintenance to, to, to stay healthy, yeah, not because he's injured. That's so I can't, I can't in good faith put him above Joel Embiid. That's why he's at this seven point. and not three. Like, that's, that's the thing with Kawhi. But I think if we're doing that, then Joel needs to be higher than him. That's just my thoughts. I would put Joel Embiid seventh and Kawhi at eight. That that that's just me. That's just me. But then you have James Harden um, six. If he was healthy, he'd be top five. It's that simple. He wasn't healthy this past year. He's starting to get a little older. We'll see what happens. But I'm really excited about James Harden. But yeah, that that's my biggest issue. If we're splitting hairs about health, then Kawhi Leonard has to be lower than Joel Embiid because I think it's fair to say that Joel Embiid has been healthier than Kawhi Leonard. At least in terms of games played, so that's that's my that's my my issue with it. 
You also have to consider that Joel Embiid had a record-breaking season in the department of efficiency, offensive efficiency, obviously, and the number of uh, shots he made. I think it was like points per game and, and number of trips to the foul line. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, the first center since Shaq to average tw- 28 and t- 10. Yeah, he, he's pretty much unstoppable in in the paint. And, and then, I get, course, yeah. He's, 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 he's diverse enough with his skill mm-hmm. to, to go out to the three-point line. So and I, I get Kawhi's I a killer. I, I get that Kawhi's a killer in the playoffs. But he got injured this past playoffs, even though he tried to do body maintenance this whole entire regular season. Yeah. So, I mean, Chris, we got to – I mean, Joel Bleep, granted different knee injuries, I get it. ACL tear versus meniscus tear. I'm not arguing that, but come on. I didn't want injuries to be, like, the biggest factor here. But you were splitting hairs again. But I know, I am. Okay, and if we're splitting hairs, then Joel Embiid's healthier than Kawhi Leonard, has proven to be healthier than – Splitting hairs, even so, Kawhi's just the – a bit better as a player i think i mean that i think it's that easy like when he's healthy Kawhi is arguably top one um the he got hurt Kawhi was never in the mvp conversation last year joel was just gonna say that 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 (laughs) just say does not matter that just doesn't matter when evaluating these guys like are you saying? Well, no, we we're not going to get into the good. top five. We're Kawhi, not gonna get into you this. mentioned the load management. Like Kawhi's not going for MVP. He he doesn't care. The Clippers aren't angling to put him in that. Like it just doesn't really matter when evaluating a guy like that. I don't think. Um, okay. Well, like, that 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 that's my biggest issue there. Before he got hurt, the Clippers were pretty clear favorites to like win it all, or at least okay. win the West. I think we have to factor that in. And, like, again, injuries, I, I know I said I was splitting hairs. Basically, because 1 through 9 to me, the, that's where, like, the break is. Maybe 10 with Dame. Like, like those are the elite of the elites. Those guys are all superstars who can single-handedly put you in a championship conversation. I, I think yeah. those guys are the cream of the crop. Yeah, like, agreed. Embiid is by far the worst playmaker slash facilitator of that group including the bigs like Embiid has but he's also one of the best defenders of that group I get it but he has the most problems elevating teammates as a as a passer most problems reading defenses and making quick decisions he was great in the playoffs but he did have eight turnovers in the last two games on the biggest stage like that's a thing that we have to consider is that he's well look who he's playing with ben simmons was a non-shooter so he's basically playing three or four on five i get it i'm not again he's still number nine he's an mvp candidate he's one of the best players on the face of the earth i i'm not trying to disparage him but Mm -hmm. luke is a a megastar if i'm honestly saying who do i want to build my team around to win a playoff series or two I think it's fair to say Luca at this point, because Dallas had. Speaking of having nothing, Dallas had nothing in the playoffs and very nearly beat the best team in the West. So, Arguably the best team in the West. Anyway, I, I think they're all on the same playing field. I don't think there's like a huge gap between Joel and James, or Joel and Kawhi, or Joel and Luca. You could put Joel four or five, and I'd be fine with it. I there, it's all a similar tier. I'm not trying to like say there's some big gap here but it's like the like the 2k ratings yeah Yeah, it's it's like like 96 95 sort of yeah okay really all right big difference all right you're right let's go ahead and switch up to our next uh part of this covering this article 
All right, so what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to go start at 100 and go down uh, every 10 players and just see where these players fit. Should they be rearranged? Is there someone that belongs in that that range of, of 10 players? So at number 100, Chris has Andrew Wiggins, 99, Larry Nance Jr., 98, Devontae Graham, 97, Stephen Adams, 96, Kelly Olenek, Dylan Brooks at 95, Jaron Jackson Jr. at 94, Thad Young at 93, Evan Fournier, no, num, uh, number 92, Tim Hardaway Jr., 91, and at number 90, Chris has R.J. Barrett. So, Lucas, what are your thoughts? Uh, before we talk about who's there, let's talk about who's not there, Chris. Where's Seth Curry? Where is he? That's what I want to know. Where's Seth Curry? Like, we're talking about playoff performances. That dude was electric. Get and him, during the regular season, he was playing through COVID symptoms, you know, the repercussions of those, plus an injured ankle. Yeah. So, he what, tried... and he still was averaging his career average. So, what's what's going on, Chris? He, he's close. He was on the short list. Um, like, I kind of talked over this with you guys before the pod. Like, Curry is, has never been a top 100 player in his career up to this point. I think it's fair to say that. Um, like, he wasn't especially good during the regular season, COVID or not. Like, he he was, I don't think, the Sixers' fourth best player during the regular season, frankly. I think that was Danny Green by a pretty solid margin. And he was, again, spectacular in the playoffs. Maybe their second best player in the second round. Like, that's legitimate. But just given where he's at in his career and how consistently he's been just what he is, you know, if he comes out again next year and is like averaging 18 a night and shooting seven threes a game, then he'll be in the top 100 next time I do this list. Like he has the ability and I I think it's fair to put him there. I know the athletic had him over Tobias. So like clearly there are people who rank him higher than I do, but he's a bad defender. He, isn't as aggressive as we would like him to be generally. He was in the second round again, but that was just the second round. That was a seven game sample. We have a whole career of evidence saying that maybe he should shoot more. Um, So I I just don't think he quite made the cut for me. That's not to say he's not in that conversation that he's not on the same quote unquote tier as Andrew Wiggins per se. And again, team fit determined. Like I would take Seth over Andrew Wiggins on the Sixers. Like team context matters for all of these guys. But that that's just where I'm at. You're all right. You want to chime in? Sure. I I do think that Seth Curry. I don't remember when exactly he left at the beginning of the season. I'll just estimate the first 20 games he was on fire, and then he went into a slump after he came back from COVID. And then, like you said, Chris, in the playoffs, he was he was like a, a human blowtorch. No one could just extinguish him. He just everywhere he was on the floor, he just was nailing shots. So I, I, you can't discount that. I'm surprised, Chris, that you said that on the athletic, they said that they had him ranked higher than Tobias. Yeah, Is that's that? true. Yeah. Wow, that's that's interesting. But but yeah, I do think I agree with Lucas. I think he should be in the top 100. There's if there was there. one player I would have to replace with him. And I know this player especially benefited from team context here, like you said, with Curry and Wiggins, would have to be Kelly Olynyk. No other time in his career has Kelly Olynyk even been in the top 150. 
He has half well, a good season. No, no, no. Yeah, yes, yeah, Chris. It, it is no, though because no. he, he was a, been a kick-ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> we got Chris the cuss again. We got him the cuss again. Olenek Over Kelly Olenek. Really, My really great, like fifth, <laughs> sixth, seventh guy for a while. Like Olenek's been a really good player for a while, and obviously Houston like helped bump his numbers up. But a he was absurd in Houston, even like more absurd than Curry in the playoffs. Absurd for a pretty decent stretch there. And B, he's a better defender than Seth is. He's a great shooter. He can do a lot of cool things as a stretch five. Like, Olenek's a really good player. I, 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 I'm I, not going to hear, like, he wasn't top 50 before because he definitely was top 50 in Miami. Like, I, I'm confident in saying that. I, I, I don't agree. Either that or you could switch out Devontae Graham, who had a really bad shooting year from the field um, and is a horrible defender. Well, um, he shot like 38% on a bunch of threes. Yeah, like, but then he shot 39% was, from the field. Yeah, because he was mostly shooting threes. And that like, that's pretty valuable to have a great shooter like that. Even mm-hmm. if he's not doing a ton for you inside the arc, he's mm-hmm. a great facilitator. And he's hitting a crap ton of threes. I think mm-hmm. he's going to look really good next to Zion. I, I, I think mm-hmm. he's going to bounce back a bit next I year. think he should be the sixth man on that team. And they should start Nikhil Alexander-Walker. But. The only other thing that I got to say here, well, two other things. First off, I feel like Gillen Brooks should be above the top 90. I think he should be in the top 80. I I love Dylan Brooks' game. The other thing is, I know that we all love Thad Young here, but I don't (laughs) know if he's a top 100. I mean, maybe 99, but I don't know. That that 93 seems a little bit of a stretch. I know that he had a great year, and I know he, he he's one of your darlings, Chris. But I I don't know. It seems like a little bit of a stretch. 99, more like I'm, 199. I'm gonna stick by it. We've talked about him on the pod before. I'm sticking with my guns. I take okay. that young for a dollar 99 from the dollar store, Dollar General. All right, let's do uh, the next. Let's do the next range. Let's yep. do um at 89. Chris had DeAndre Hunter. 88, D'Angelo Russell, 87, Dennis Schroeder, 86, Tyrese Halliburton, 85, P.J. Washington, 84, DeJounte Murray, 83, Colin Sexton, 82, Jarrett Allen, 81, Anthony Edwards. So I feel like this is the tier that Chris is like, either you're too young for me to put you higher or you score too much for me to put you not in the top 100. Cause that's what I feel like this tier is that, yeah. that that's cause Deandre Hunter is too young. D'Angelo Russell, Chris has said multiple times how he's not a big fan of D'Angelo Russell, but because he scores too much, Chris has to put him in the top 100. Dennis Schroeder. I think he, Russell should be higher than Schroeder, but you're not a big fan of Schroeder either. Maybe, you know, I think he's best as a six man personally, but we'll see. Tyrese Halliburton's too young. P.J. Washington's too young. DeJounte Murray's too young. You've never been a big Colin Sexton fan. Jared Allen, too. Actually, 82 is fine for Jared Allen, though I would put Colin Sexton ahead of him. Anthony Edwards, too young. Terry Rozier. I'm okay with Terry Rozier at 80. You're spoiling it. Oh, Um, I thought we did 80. My bad. stopped at 81. (laughs) Oh, okay, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate, frankly. I don't have much retort to that. Um, okay see i know how you think chris i knew this i was like either these are the guys that score too much that chris doesn't really like but he has to put them there or they're too young and he can't put them higher yeah i mean look clearly like (laughs) d'angelo russell is a very talented player who can have some absurd stretches offensively but it's like the defense is 
god awful. He doesn't <laughs> really pass the ball well consistently. Like there are just some big holes in his game. The same thing with Sexton. Like he's an absurd scorer. If this was like the best scores, he'd be top fifty. But he just does not pass. Like it, he refuses to pass the ball. And he's you didn't like, even yeah. put his assist per game on here. You only put his he's shooting best, because numbers. it wasn't high enough to put on there. Um, <laughs> yeah, like they're just really great scorers who are flawed. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. Um, yeah, I don't have much to add to that. Uriah, any thoughts before we move on? No, I have, I have no issues with that that tier. So let's move on to number 80. Lucas gave it away. Terry Rozier at number 80. Scary to Terry. I really like his game. Joe Ingles at 79. Miles Turner, 78. <laughs> Darius Garland, 77. Spencer Dinwiddie. I just love saying his name for some reason. 76. <laughs> Norman Powell at 75. Aaron Gordon at 74. Christophe Porzingis, 73, Marcus Smart, 72, and Derek White at 71. Okay, so let's start start at the top here. Terry Rozier, like I said, I'm okay with it. 80, top 80. Okay, He was fine. so good last season, man. I, love I mean, his defense is still kind of an issue but because he's just so small. Oh. I mean, he tries hard, which I appreciate. It's a big issue, but yeah, he, he was so good offensively last season. Yeah, yeah he was great. Joe Ingles, I know you're the Joe Ingles fanboy club, so I'm actually surprised you don't have him in the top 70. So way to go for not being biased there, Chris. No. Still too high for me, but, you know, anyway. Um, okay, time to pause. <laughs> Why is it too high for you? Because I don't think he's a top 80 player. I think he's a top 90 player maybe, but not a top 80. But why? What, what, what are his key flaws? He's getting older, first off. He's what, like 33 now? He's going to have another drop-off this Everyone year. Everyone is getting older every day. Okay, okay. <laughs> he's a good defender, but he's losing a step. Let's be real. He's he's a well-above-average defender. Like, he's a really good defender. Okay. Miles Turner, I'm okay with. Darius Garland, I'm okay with. Spencer Dinwiddie, kind of... Considering that he only played a handful of games before the ACL tear, I'm kind of surprised, but I know you're kind of betting a little bit on the potential of what he's going to look like next to Beal, which I am excited about too, so I get it. Um, Norman Powell's foul. I think Norman Powell at 75 is like the perfect ranking. Aaron Gordon, 74, fine. I would have Porzingis above the next two players that I would put. Marcus Smart and Derek White. I just would, because if he has a bounce-back year, th- this is going to look really bad, Chris. That's that's all I'm going to say. I mean, I know that he wasn't great during the playoffs, but during the regular season, he still averaged 20 and 8, 29. Uh, well, so Sexton averaged 24, you know. Yeah. So anyway. Guys are scoring a lot. That doesn't mean they're... And he was good defensively during the regular season. And then he was like, oh, let me play power forward in the playoffs because I don't want to guard the bigger bigs during the playoffs. That's when you're supposed to. So that's anyway. Look, we think Ben was bad in the playoffs. Chris Stops was like a, in the pit of something. It was really bad. Okay. Marcus Mart. Okay. Top 75. I get it. That's fine. Derek White. I'm a, I'm a little bit more bullish on, but... <laughs> Okay, fine. I, I'll deal with it. And that's that's as far as I'm going to go because I'm not going to ruin 70. Uriah, any other thoughts? The only one. I, I agree with everything you said, Lucas. The only player that I feel does not belong in the in this range is Aaron Gordon. This guy, get this, 
I know he's trading the midseason. Orlando, he averaged 14 points a game. He gets to Denver, he only averages 10 points a game. And Jamal Murray wasn't even playing at that time. So to have Scary Terry, who is a beast, lower than than uh, Aaron Gordon is is ridiculous. Okay, Sorry. let okay. me let me defend Chris in this one because I got you, Chris, Please on this do. one. Please, because help. I get it. Because Aaron Gordon's not. He's never going to be that primary scorer. When he came into the league, okay, I'm thinking, oh, this is the second coming of Blake Griffin. Awesome. And for the most part, it is, except for scoring. He's not. He's more like Iggy in that regard. He does everything else really good. He's a good playmaker. He can hit the mid-range jumpers. He's a great defender, probably one of the better defenders in the uh, at the forward position yeah. in the West, to be honest. And he can still spread the floor he can run in transition he's he's one of the more athletic players if anything this might be too low for him yeah look, but gordon, i get i get the scoring aspect so i think 74 is perfect for him. yeah gordon is just like a monster defensively that's why he's there he's just a, an absurd and underrated defender yeah. and i think he's gonna look a lot better in his with a full offseason in denver system like i think he'll look better offensively next year but the defense is why he's there Maybe I yeah. have a higher standard for rebounders. If you're six eight and you you have muscles on top of muscles, this dude is a walking statue. He's never he, been he, a rebounder yeah. though. But He's never been point. a rebounder. That's, that's not his point. game. But that's my point. Ten points, four point seven rebounds. Really. Really? But he's playing with Jokic, and you know what he's going to do when Jokic gets the rebound? He's going to run out. That's his goal. He's running so he out. So his scoring should have increased. I, I just but he's not he's looking scoring. to score unless he's at the rim. He's looking to pass. Otherwise, that's his game. That's like it's like Iggy. Like you know, there's more there, but that's not who he is. And that's I, it's, it's basically Iggy. Another thing is like Michael Porter is six ten. He's yeah getting seven eight boards a night. So there are other <laughs> yeah. guys getting rebounds. <laughs> yeah, Porter's bigger and more athletic. All right, let's move on. Be. Let's move on. Yeah. All right, number seventy. Chris has. <clears throat> Hold on. <clears throat> <laughs> Man, get me worked up over Aaron Gordon. <laughs> All right, number number 70. Chris has Yusuf Nurkic. I always have an issue with his name. Uh Lonzo Ball at 69. TJ Warren at 68. Roko, 67. Jonathan Isaac, 66. At 65, we have Mikel Bridges, 64, Joe Harris, 63, OG Anobi, 62, Brooke Lopez. And 61, Kemba Walker. TJ Warren, I love him to death, but he's he has been injured all before games last year. And Nurkic, I don't know if he's going to be able to recapture it just because he looks like he's done with Portland, to be honest with you. So I don't I don't feel comfortable with having those two guys above uh, Porzingis as well as the other two guys I mentioned. I also think Lonzo Ball is better than TJ Warren, Robert Covington, and Jonathan Isaac. Now, Jonathan Isaac could take another step, but right now I would say Lonzo Ball is better than all three. Bridges is fine. Joe Harris is fine. OG Ananobi is fine. Brooke Lopez is fine. I'm a little surprised that you have Kemba Walker here. Honestly, I thought you would put him in the tier of he's good, but there's flaws in his game in that 80 range because of all the injuries last year and just the uncertainty of his health entering this year. I'm kind of surprised you still have him at 61. I mean, I don't hate it, but I'm just kind of surprised considering yeah. how you feel I mean, about young guards, small guards I mean, that can't defend and don't have much else besides scoring. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't like injuries aren't a flaw in his game, though, right? Like, if he's healthy yeah. and he's Kimba, he's 
just a tier or two above those guys. I, yeah. I think that's right. No, no, that's fair because he is clutch and he can carry an offense and still have winning basketball. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I get the Porzingis thing. Um, maybe I'm just putting too much stock into one playoff series, which I didn't do with Seth. <laughs> maybe that's the argument here. Yeah, that is the um, argument here. I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't think Porzingis is as good as twenty and nine makes him out to be. Like, I, I think he was pretty rough at times in the regular season last year. Um, I, I think he's taken a significant step back defensively. He's not the super elite rim protector that he once was. He's he was coming off a pretty bad injury too. Chris, he was, so. but when seven footers hurt their knees and are slower, that, that's. I mean, but yeah, Joel's come back from it. It's just sometimes it takes them a year to come back instead of just immediately as soon as like knee injuries, Chris, you know, like especially with like ACL tears. And I know it wasn't an ACL tear for Przingis, but like sometimes those injuries are lingering. Like you can come back on the court, but you're not going to be yourself right away. It takes another year to be back to yourself. So That's true. And there's a definite chance that Porzingis outperforms that spot, but he's a different athlete than Joel. He's, He's never been the defender that Joel is. I mean, great, fair, fair. And, but he was a unique defender. That's why he was named the unicorn in the first place, because he was a pretty good defender in New York. He was, but like New York was a long time ago. I, I get it. I'm good. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And he has a yeah. new coach in versus uh, Carlisle. Okay. I think that's fair. I, I mm-hmm. can. So, uh, so Chris. But, yes. I have no issues with that range of players except for one. <laughs> is it OG? No, not at all. Oh, is it Rocco? It is Rocco. <laughs> Lucas, Lucas, do you know how many points off the top of your head that Rocco averaged last season in Portland? I think he averaged eight or nine. Eight <laughs> points per game, right? He did okay. not shoot the lights out from three. He shot 37% or 38%. That's still pretty good. Eh, league average. Yeah, that's no, like I understand, Chris. Average. I understand he's one of the few players that averaged one assist. I'm sorry, one steal and one block per game. So his defensive, his defensive impact is is well known. But to have him in the in the 60s, I don't hey, know. Eight hey, points a game. Come on, man. I mean, I can see your argument there, but I also get Chris's point. And three guys last season yeah. had over 70 blocks, 70 steals. It was Giannis, Rocco, and Matisse. Three guys. Oh, Matisse. There's my guy. Rocco is an absurd defender, and he, he's maybe taken a, a step back. Like, a couple of years ago, I probably would have put him top 60, top 50 even, like, in that conversation. He's probably taken a step back. But he's so good defensively. And he is a good three-point shooter. He spaces the floor. He takes long threes, and he makes a fair amount of them, and he takes a lot of them. Like, that's valuable offensively when you're playing off of a guy like Damian who can get to the paint and create for others. Like he he provides value offensively, even if he's not scoring a bunch. So, yeah, that's yeah. my case for Rocco. Speaking of Batiste Thibault, let's talk about him for a little bit. No, I'm just joking, guys. <laughs> he's not he's not there yet. You're right. I know. I know. If, if, if the three Give point shot's there, year. he will be there. But he, the three point shot is not there yet, so he can't be there yet. You are so right. You are so right. He's in the top 150, though, in my opinion. Agreed. All right, let's go to uh, the next range. We have at number 60, Michael Porter Jr. Number 59, uh, Bojan oh, I can't see this guy's name. Bogdanovich from Utah. Mm-hmm. Is it Bojan or Boyan? Boyan. Oh, yeah. Number 58, John Collins. 
Bogdan Bogdanovich at 57, Fred Van Vliet, 56, Tobias Harris, 55, Karis Levert, 54, Jeremy Grant, former process guy, 53, Jonas Valanciunas at 52, and Clint Capella at 51. So let's start at I, – I, I feel like Michael Porter Jr. could be a few spots ahead here, but, you know, inconsistency and injuries, 60 is okay, I guess. He could very well outperform this this season, but I'm okay with 60. John Collins versus Bogdan. That's the one that I feel like Collins is a better player than Bogdan. I'll be honest with you. I feel like you did Collins a little dirty there because he's a two-way player. He's one of the biggest lob threats in the NBA, and he can stretch the full floor at the foul line and at the three-point line. The only difference is, is between him and Bogdan is that he's a better defender, and he can't create off his dribble. That's that's the difference there, Chris. That's the difference. I mean, Collins does do some cool stuff off the dribble. Um, I, I mean, like, how high would you put John? Because, like, if he was 57 and Bogdan was 58, would that be any different? I mean, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, just switching them. I'm kind yeah. of just picking I mean, here. I'm just picking at you at this point, to be yeah, honest. I'm just a little putting bit. them on, like, the same playing field. Like, okay. It's flip a coin, really. Like, 57, 58 is not. There's not a gap mm-hmm. between them, really. I mean, Fred Van Vliet, I could, I could see a few spots higher, but okay. We've already talked about Toby. I think he should be 50 or 51, maybe. Um, Karis LeVert should be a few spots lower, I think, just because of his health and kind of, you know, just inconsistency being... Uh, the best of abilities to be available, and that's not him. Granted, not his fault. Uh, Jeremy Grant, 53 seems bright to me. Jonas Valanciunas. I love Jonas Valanciunas. I think he's one of the best post scorers in the NBA, not named Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic, to be honest. I think he's one of the top five post scorers. Um, 52 seems right because he's not elite defensively, and he can be played off the court if teams put a, play a lot of pick, uh, pick and rolls and their big man can pop. Look, or they have a, a, lot really of, fast... a lot of smart people would tell you that he was the Grizzlies' best player last season. Yeah, he's he's really good, and I I think fifty two is fine. Clint Capella, you can make the argument that he should be in the top fifty as well because he's one of the best defensive big men in the league, top four defensively. I would say, you know, you got Rudy Gobert, Joel Embiid ahead of him, but then outside of that, you could make the argument that he's the third or the fourth behind him and Bam. Um, really good lob threat. I'm okay with you know. I'm I don't have to. I'm I'm nitpicking in the this range to be honest. So, Chris, did you want to say something? Or are you good? No, I'm. I'm of course, he's good. It's his list. Of course, he's good. <laughs> I think. I think yeah. whoever wrote this is a genius. Yeah, exactly. oh, I bet you do. <laughs> All right, there's some controversy in this next section of his list. Lucas, oh my gosh! I know you have your. <laughs> Lucas has his shotgun ready. All right, number fifty, Chris has Christian Wood. Number forty-nine, Russell Westbrook. Mm. Forty-eight, Lamelo Ball. Forty-seven, Gordon Hayward. 46, DeAndre Ayton, Nikola Vucevic at 45, Brandon Ingram, 44, De'Aaron Fox at 43, DeMar DeRozan, 42, and at 41, Malcolm Brogdon. Get him, Lucas. All right, Chris, let's talk about Russell Westbrook. Let's let's talk about this for a second. The guy is the only other player besides Oscar Robertson, who has averaged triple-double, but not once, but three out of the past four seasons he's done it. And then on top of that, on top of that, Chris, yes, he's limited in the playoffs. I get it. So is Ben Simmons. 
but you you can't drop him outside of the top forty for that. That that's ridiculous. Because oh, you already man. just named the guys. He named the guys. Russell Westbrook's better than Lamelo Ball in a vacuum. If we're talking about skill in a vacuum, he's better than Lamelo Ball in a vacuum. De- DeAndre Aiden, Nikola Vucevic, Brandon Ingram, De'Aaron Fox, DeMar DeRozan, Malcolm Brogdon. Russell Westbrook has more all-star appearances than all those players combined. And only what? Let's see here. DeMar DeRozan, Brandon Ingram, and Vucevic are the only – oh, one for Gordon Hayward. My bad. Are the only ones to have it. Even at the bottom of his thing, you have the emoji of the guy putting up his arms. I didn't even know that we were allowed to do that for our articles, but you did it anyway. Chris, come on now. He's a top 50 player of all time. You could not have him not out in the top, the top inside the top 40 when he's still in his prime. I, I think that's debatable. Um, He's not in his prime. That If this was prime, prime Westbrook, he'd be top 30. Um. He's not in his prime. Hey, Westbrook is not more skilled than the Mellow. Westbrook is like his lack of skill is one of his biggest issues. Um, his lack of shooting touch is his issue. Nothing else is the issue. His jumper continues to like go downhill at an alarming rate, and he still takes a lot of. He, he his decision making is more often than not pretty tough to stomach. Like he's a generally bad decision maker as your lead ball handler which is not ideal. Obviously, he's going to L.A. where he's going to be next to LeBron, which maybe takes some of that pressure off of him. But then he can't play off ball. He has never played off ball. He's consistently a bad defender. He'll, like, engage for one or two possessions a night and have some cool highlights. But he's a bad defender who generally does not try on that side of the ball. He can't space the floor. He he basically shot washington out of the first round of the playoffs like against philly he was terrible and that was with danny green guarding him who granted a fine defender if you're this quote-unquote great lead ball handler you shouldn't be letting danny green stonewall you every possession like that shows remember danny green's going to be the best perimeter defender on the sixers this year yeah yeah um Yeah, look. I'm sorry, Westbrook, I have to take the shot. <laughs> Westbrook has some amazing games, and he puts up some amazing numbers on the surface, and he raises the floor of your team. There's no doubt about it. He's, like, top 50 player in the NBA. He's a really good player. I'm not trying to disparage Russell Westbrook, but he is so flawed. And I think of all the players around him, if one player can tank your team on a given night, it's Russ above everyone else. Like he has the biggest downside easily of everyone well, within 15 spots Lucas, of him on that list. Let me, let me come to the aid and, and to the side of Lucas on this. And I, 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 the only thing out of place to me in this, this section, Westbrook should be higher, higher than LaMelo and definitely higher than Gordon Hayward. Now, given he's not the best shooter and you're right, Chris, his decision-making in the playoffs was not the best but if I'm, I'm looking at his numbers right now, he led the league in assists three out of the past four years. And he averaged basically 10 rebounds a game in addition to 22 points a game. And that series against the Sixers, the Sixers were just as an overall team better than Washington. So you can't really like pigeonhole him just because they lost that series. Gordon Hayward, yeah, he's a nice shooter and he's a nice all-around player, but he only averaged, I think, six rebounds and four assists. And he didn't even it. average more points than Westbrook. So there's no reason that he should be higher than Westbrook, in my opinion. 
Westbrook, I, I agree. He, he, like, averages a lot of assists, and he's an elite rebounder for a guard. And But he's so inefficient, and he just dominates possessions in a way that is sometimes pretty harmful. Like, he, he gets a lot of assists, but I don't think that's the best representative of passing ability because there are several playmakers that I would consider miles ahead of Westbrook. In- can I can I say this? To, I don't mean to interject, but I when you were talking about this, it made me think of somebody that uh, a former All Star that after he was a little bit past his prime, that people thought, oh, he's so inefficient, he's not good for a team, he's going to make a team worse on some most nights. And you know who I'm thinking of? Uriah can probably guess. It's Allen uh, Iverson. Oh, I was just about to say that. Oh. Yeah, it's Allen Iverson. And you know the difference? Allen Iverson refused to change his role because that's who he was. I think this season, playing with LeBron James of all people, Westbrook will be able to will be able to change his mentality. I think if Westbrook averages sixteen to eighteen points and still gets his rebounds and assists, he will still be a very good player. And he can. I think. If LeBron and AD are willing to play down a position, so the four and the five, I think that could work well for for this team. But they they have to be willing to play the four and the five. Like, sure, but Washbrook has literally never been a good off-ball player or engaged or willing to do the That's not necessary. true, Chris. Do you remember him in Houston? He was basically their center, and it worked. It did. Look, Russ is good. I'm not trying to say Russ is bad. Russ is a borderline all-star. He's he's a good player. But the fit in Houston was much better than it's going to be in L.A. Not that that really impacted the list. But, he again, team context is important for a lot of these guys. And he's not going to be in the best team context. And it's hard to put him in the right team context. Even Houston clearly didn't really want him next to James Harden anymore. Or he didn't want to play next to James Harden anymore. Like, like there are still some flaws there, and they made a pretty clear bad decision to bring him in in the first place. Like, it, it's hard to put Russ in the quote-unquote right team context and build a contender. Like, it, it really hasn't happened yet outside of that OKC team, and that's because it's Kevin Durant. Enough with Russell Westbrook. All right, let's come back and let's get back to the list. Draymond Green at 40, Mike Conley 39, Julius Randle 38, DeMontis Sabonis, 37, Ja Morant, 36, CJ, soon to be Sixer McCollum, 35. Yes. <laughs> Pascal Siakam, 34. 33 is Cal Lowry. Number two is Ben Simmons. Number 31, Bam Adebayo. I don't hate it. I, I like, I, I don't think I have any complaints, really. I mean, maybe Julius Randle's better than, than Sabonis, and, you know, you can nitpick there, but the rest of it, Nah, I'm 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 solid on it. I was high on Lowry last year. You know, I expect him to do good this year. Um, I have no complaint. Like I said, you could you could I would say maybe you would put Randall over Sabonis, but outside of that, nah, I'm good. I don't have anything to argue here. Yeah, same here. Same here. I agree, except for you know Ben should be higher in my opinion. Number thirty is Shy Gilders Alexander. 29 is Chris Middleton, 28 is Clay Thompson, 27 Zach Levine, 26 Jamal Murray, 25 Jalen Brown, 24 Drew Holiday, 23 Trey Young, 22 Carl Anthony Towns, 21 Donovan Mitchell. 
Okay, so two quick things here. Drew Holiday is not better than Jalen Brown. Maybe he's better than Zach Levine as a two-way overall player. You know, maybe not offensively, but no, I, I would say for sure he is not better than Jamal Murray or Jalen Brown. You saw Drew Holiday in the playoffs, right? In the I finals, also right? know how good I also know how good those two players can be in the playoffs, but neither one of them were healthy for the playoffs. Right. Well, Drew Holiday guarding Jamal Murray for a series, I'm pretty confident Drew can like win that battle. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think Drew's got it in him. He's Maybe the best perimeter defender on the planet. I'm on Chris's side on this one. Mm, okay. The only other thing that I'm going to say here is I feel like Cat's Cat's a twenty uh, twenty top twenty player. But. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like talent wise and production wise, totally. And again, there's not like a big disparity between a lot of these guys and some mm-hmm. peers. Um, it's just tough because there are so many good players and good teams in that. Mm-hmm. He's not on a good team. Is that is that is did that factor into it? Minnesota just hasn't done something yet, and that's not really his fault. But Mm -hmm. I'd like to see him do something, so I can confidently say he's like better than Devin Booker, you know, who has now done something. But that's really the only hangup. Like I, I generally agree that Cat is more than there's more than there's a big argument in favor of that. I agree. Okay. Okay. As long as we are on the same page there. And now we're going to the top 20, all right? We'll do 20 through 10. Devin Booker is at 20. Bradley Beal's at 19. Kyrie Irving, 18. Rudy Gobert, <laughs> Mr. Defense, 17. Jason Tatum, 16. Zion Williamson, 15. Chris Paul at 14. Jimmy Buckets, 13. 12. George Paul. I'm sorry, George Paul. Paul George. <laughs> It's late. Paul George at 12 and Anthony Davis at 11. So my biggest hookup here is Rudy Gobert. Chris, I agree that he's a top 30 player, but not a top 20 player. It's just, I get he's one of the best defensive players of this era, but I don't, first off, I don't think he should have won this past year. And I've told you multiple times, I believe he can be played off the court in a playoffs because he's a negative value in some matchups. Let's, let's be clear defensively. It's not his offense. It's his no, defense. no, no. He is yes, yes, a negative value. Like certain systems can maybe give him more trouble than others, but like to say he's a negative value defender in, in like a significant number of matchups, I think is just not true. Mm. Like he 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 was good in the playoffs. Like the Clippers beat them. The Clippers had a better team. But is he well, really better than Kyrie Irving? Is he really yeah. better? Is he really better than Bradley Beal? Is he really better than Devin Booker? Is he really better than Donovan Mitchell? Him and Carl yes. Anthony Towns, okay, you can split hairs on that one. But those guys, no, he's not better. He's not better than Donovan Mitchell. Which team like which of those players is gonna have the best team if they're the best player on the team? It's Rudy almost every year. I I, I think that's like he guarantees you wow. one of the two or three best defenses. Yeah, but if they can't score anything, if he's the best player, come he on. He is Chris. the best player, and the Jazz have the best record in Chris, the league. No, no. You're right. Can, can, help I'm me just, out on I'm this just one. looking at star power alone. Everybody in this range, right? You know, anybody in the NBA that goes to a game, you got a team coming into town, you drop Look, in, you know, a couple bears. hundred bucks. Well, let me finish, Chris. No one's saying, oh, man, 
I got to get tickets so I can see Rudy Gobert play. Exactly. And, it's, and, it's not because, fine. and I'm not questioning. No bearing on his ability as a player, though. Yeah, I get it. He's the best defensive player. I get it. But to me, 14 points a game, that that's you got to have more a little more balance. He he's just Okay. Rudy Gobert is a really good offensive player too. He, yeah, he's when he's not... 2 feet away from the rim. Yeah, that's true. He <laughs> he doesn't have he he has about as much range as Ben Simmons. That's fine, but being an elite role man and being an elite finisher is valuable. Chris, and he's an elite rebounder 17, and he's the best defender on the planet. That's like that's too Chris, he's a top 30, but he's not a top high. 20. He's, he's too high. He's top 30. I, I I agree with Lucas. The way he's 17. <laughs> Jeez. All right, let's let's finish this out. Guys. Well, you're right oh, because yeah. we've already basically covered nine, uh, 10 through uh 6. We don't need to do that. Just so jump top to the top 5. five. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right, so the top five players that Chris had on his list. Remember, his his article is on the site. It was published just maybe a day or two ago. Number five, Nikola Jokic, MVP. Number four, Steph Curry. Number three, LeBron James. And number two, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Number one player in the whole league, according to Chris, is Kevin Durant. I don't hate it. I'll just say this. Before LeBron got hurt, I would say he would be number two, possibly number one. But the injury really did slow him down last year. Jokic, I would put him and Embiid next to each other in any ranking because I think that it's that close between them. Um, but I have no argue, problem with him being in the top five because he was an MVP. I would just have Joel at number six or seven then. But yeah, no. other than that, I have no problem with it. My yeah. only my only bone to pick, Chris, is uh, although I think Jokic is a phenomenal offensive player, probably the best passing big man the game has ever seen. I just think that Embiid edges him out because he's he can play defense and offense, and I do think Lucas is is better at this point. So that's that's the only thing I I would go. Well, with. I I mean Jokic can play defense. Like Jokic is a pretty good defender. He's an average defender. Pretty good. Pretty good. Don't cut I, it. I, I would. I would say I will put him and Tobias Harris on the same tier. He's a better defender than like Tobias. I. I, I tend to disagree. No way. I, no way. He gets put in a blender when he tries to guard anyone three or four. Jokic is one of the best. Like, as far as big men go, at, like steal, like pickpocketing steals. But that's like, not a big man's job, Chris. Way. The big man's job is to protect the rim. He's not good at that. He's average at best. Be whatever that big man needs to do. Brooke Lopez isn't blocking a ton of shots. He's still a great rim protector because he's a giant. Body. Yeah, but I'm not saying that. He, I'm I'm saying that even though he still doesn't block shots, he's still he's an average rim pr- pr- protector even without the blocks. Like he's average. Okay, but he's above average in other directions, and he can be the center on your team and win a lot of games and win uh, i'm not years. disagreeing with that chris i'm just saying i i think you're selling him a little high on the defensive end that's it and even so like offensively no discredit to joel who's a marvel on offense Jokic is better than him on off like offense. You're, the, the only difference is that better passer that's yeah really better is, passer people are better as a scorer he's on the same level as like Jokic he's not a dominant right scorer though you you can there's ways you can he slow him absolutely down absolutely dominant score that is i will not stand for that he's an absolutely <laughs> dominant scorer <laughs> oh, excuse he me i will not stand for that. games last year he averaged two points per game fewer than joel 
an average eight, nine, ten assists a night. Like he he scored two fewer. He's goals a special talent, Chris. That's We're not arguing that. I'm okay with him at number five. Goal per game than Joel I'm Embiid. I'm not arguing with and him of being number five. The free throw line as much. He I'm not arguing with it. Dominant score. I'm not arguing him being at number five. I'm just saying I think you overvalue him in certain areas. He is also That's probably it. the best passer flat out in the NBA. Not the best passing mm. big, not the best passing front. Uh, I'm sorry. Is the point guard still in the NBA? You're right. That's He's still in there, right? I was waiting for him to Chris remember. Paul is Chris right Paul. there. I agree. Yeah. There's an right argument, there. but right there. He's the best. Manipulating right defenses. Jokic does some crazy stuff that just no one else in the league is doing. Like, okay. I, think, I think Chris should go right for Denver. What's the name of the I, Nuggets? I, fits out of Nug Love. Nug Love, which is perfect for how much your Chris loves Nikola Jokic. No, look, any of these five guys, even Harden at six, seven, any of those guys in any given year could be the number one player. Joel could win MVP next year. Mm-hmm. Like, all those guys could be number one in a given game. Like Again, it's splitting hairs. It's lame to say that. But you could put Jokic one, and I would buy it. You could put Jokic nine, I would buy it. Hey, Chris, like, question: Who has their own signature shoe? Oh no! Mic drop! Mic drop! I have. I. I could not care less. <laughs> but but you're right. To be fair, Jokic does have an energy uh, Slovenian energy drink after him. <laughs> so what? He has an energy drink, drink in Europe after Are you him. Kidding me? I'm oh. not joking. He has it. I'm not the Joker. I'm being serious. That, huh? I thought that's something only Chris would know. No, it, 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 they were talking about right it now. on the jump. They He's, were talking about it on the jump, and it's Chris, like his it's like his jersey number on one side, and then it's like these eagle eyes on the other side. Hey, Lucas, Chris is probably drinking that, that energy drink right that's now. That's it. He, he's so on that Jokic energy drink. <laughs> he's Let's go. Man. And I, there's nothing else to say about it. All right. Chris, you want to go ahead and play us out, man? We had really a lot of fun talking about this, but I think it's time to close this off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks, guys, for uh, for roasting me the entire podcast. <laughs> You're welcome. We, we do it from a loving place, though. Just know that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, it. It's always nice to defend Nikola Jokic on a Sixers <laughs> pod. That's always what I want to do. Um, <laughs> so with, on that note, <laughs> we're... We're going to close it out here. To all our listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in to yet another week's episode of the Sixer Sense Podcast. If you can, please like, subscribe, leave a comment, follow along with the podcast every week. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, you can probably find us. Please do. Please hit that subscribe button. It would really help us out. You can follow the site at Sixer Sense on Twitter or at Sixer Sense on Facebook. You can also go to the website, of course, thesixersense.com, where you can read my article outlining my top 100 players. And you can read a lot of good stuff from Lucas, Uriah, our entire staff. We have a lot of great people working at the site right now. And, yeah, until next week, I hope everyone has a good one. Or later this week, I suppose. Have a good one, everyone.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.